0: Welcome to the Training Expositors Podcast. This podcast exists to help the local church identify and equip teachers at every level. I'm your host, Daniel Kurtz, and I'm glad you could join us today. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about what is the single most important thing that someone teaching in the church needs to understand. Um... This should be fairly obvious to anybody listening, but if it's not, the answer is the, the gospel. The gospel is the single most important thing that someone teaching in the church needs to understand. Teachers in the church must have a clear understanding of the gospel. They need to be able to articulate it clear. They need to understand how the gospel relates to any other topic or issue that might come up, whether that's social issues, uh, scriptural issues. Um, Lessons that you're teaching, Sunday school lessons, interacting with um, the community, everything is going to come back to the gospel. How we do church comes back to our understanding of the gospel. How we teach in general comes back to our understanding of the gospel. Um, So we're going to get right into it today and we're going to start with what is the gospel? The gospel, um, in short, is the good news that Jesus Christ has already paid the penalty for the sins of all those who believe in him. Um, that's kind of like a short one-sentence explanation of the gospel. Um, and it is an accurate statement, but it doesn't really give a lot of detail. There are a lot of things in there that are important. Um, and so we're going to kind of look at some of those. We're going to dig into what the gospel is. And then we'll kind of talk about um, how this applies to teaching in the church and especially how we train and look for teachers in the church. So to start with, the gospel is good news. That's what the word gospel means. I mean, you've probably heard that um, lots of times if you've been in a church for a while, especially if you're a teacher in the church, the gospel is good news. It's information. I mean, that's what news is. It's, It's information. It's telling you about something. Um, but more than just being information, it's information that demands a response. A- and um, as we talk about this, we need to understand that there is no such thing as a neutral neutral response to the gospel. There's a lot of news in the world that you can kind of have a neutral response to. Like you could read a story on the internet Internet about, you know, something going on in France. And if you live in the United States... You can just be neutral to it. You don't really have to have an opinion one way or another on it. Um, But the gospel is not like that. There is no neutral response to the gospel. There is only a positive response or a negative response. Um, When we say good news, um, it is good news. But because there is a negative response to this information, to this news, um, it's not good news to everyone. Um, and the reason that some people will think it's good news or not is gonna is gonna come from the starting place of the gospel. That that starting place is the recognition of what Jesus saves us from. Um, we are saved from our sin. We are saved from the penalty of our sin. Um, we are saved from the just wrath of a holy and perfect God. Um, we have a penalty for sin because what sin is, it's a violation of God's law. It's a violation of what God created us to be. Um, It is disobedience to God. It is disobedience to what he has commanded. It is disobedience to um, his truth. It is a rejection of him as the creator and ruler of the world. Um, And in the gospel what we find is that the penalty for sin is, is removed in Christ. It's taken away. The, 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 the penalty that we owe for our sin is paid for in Christ. Um, this means that when we present the gospel, it must confront sin. Any gospel presentation that doesn't include a presentation of sin and a gospel that doesn't um, confront sin it is not the gospel of Scripture. Scripture teaches us that we are born in our sins. Um, for example, Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. Um, Psalm 58.3, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray from birth, speaking lies. Um, Paul confronts this same issue when he talks about it in Romans chapter 3. As it is written, no one is righteous, no, not one. Um, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's Romans t- uh, 3.10 and 3.23, respectively. Um, if y'all are familiar with R.C. Sproul, he used to famously say, we're not sinners because we sin, but we sin because we are sinners. Like, this is what the gospel message is confronting. It's confronting the sin that we that's in us. It's confronting us as sinners, and it's confronting the sin in our lives. Um, so for people that understand that, that recognize their sin, the gospel is the best news ever. It, it is amazing. It is it is wonderful to, to, to know that Christ has taken away that penalty, but um, for many, they don't want to face this reality. They would rather reject their sin than come to Christ and, and be saved. They'd rather reject the fact that they are sinners. They want to go on believing that they're basically good, that Uh, that God is the evil one in in many cases. Um, They want to reject that they need a Savior, that there's anything really wrong with them. And so this is a negative response to the gospel. Um, So when we we present the gospel, if we don't present the gospel in in relation to our sin, we're not presenting the news. We're not presenting the good news. We're not presenting um, something that confronts people where they are. Because the gospel tells us that Christ did something that no one else could possibly do. He perfectly obeys all of the law and was able to be um, the pure and perfect sacrifice um, that we couldn't be, that that could not exist. And so this is why the gospel is good news to us. So as we talk about the gospel, we need to understand that the gospel has several very important parts to it that, that are essential elements that need to be there. Anytime we present the gospel, um, we've, we've been talking about sin. Um, we talk about the virgin birth like that. That's an essential element of the gospel. Um, it, it's presented in, in the gospel accounts as this is what happened. And when we take away that miraculous aspect of it, we invite all kinds of problems. Same thing for the sinless life of Christ. Um, if Christ is not sinless, then he can't be the perfect sacrifice for, for our sins. Uh, the gospel also tells us that his death is is a voluntary death. It's not not just that um, he died for our sins, but he voluntarily died for it. In John's gospel, Jesus says, No one takes my life, but I lay it down for the sheep. Um, so the gospel contains all these things. It also contains his resurrection, that Jesus rose from the dead, that he conquered death, that the, that Hades could not hold him, that death can't overcome him. Um, and then it it points to the future and says that Christ ascended into heaven, and will return again. Um, so we find this assertion um, through you know throughout Scripture that you know if, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ hasn't raised been raised from the dead. Paul talks about this in his letter to the Corinthians, um, and so we need to have a clear understanding of the gospel as, as teachers in the church and just as Christians in general like this is not just a teacher thing this is a foundational element of what it means to be a Christian is to understand the gospel and and to be able to share it with somebody else and so if somebody's going to be a teacher in the church they need to have this foundational understanding of what is the gospel the gospel is that we are born in our sins um, that we cannot save ourselves, but a Savior came. A Savior who is truly God and truly man came, was born of the Virgin Mary. He lived this sinless, perfect life and, per- and obeyed the law um, in every detail and voluntarily laid down his life to pay the penalty that was required for our sin. Um, but he doesn't stay dead. He's raised on the third day, and this is the best news ever. Um, he's ascended into heaven. He's our uh, mediator. He's our prophet, he's our priest, he's our king and he's going to return one day in the future uh, and all of the church, all those that are in him, all those who have repented and believed in the gospel are going to re- are going to be able to join him forever in eternity when he returns um, And so that points us to um, the fact that the gospel demands a response, Um, And that the commanded response in Scripture, the only commanded response in Scripture is repentance, true repentance. The response is not acceptance. The response is not even just belief because it's not enough just to say, oh, I believe that Jesus died for my sins um, and not be changed by it. Uh, Repentance is a necessary aspect of the response. I um, mean, anybody that's not responding in in repentance is is not really responding rightly to the gospel, and so um, we're commanded to repent. We're commanded to call people to repent, and so as we present the gospel, we need to keep those things in mind. We need to keep in mind what is the gospel, what is the response to it, and what are the potential responses to it. Uh, Like we said, there's only one, there's only two responses. There's a positive response that is repentance and faith, and there's the negative response, which is rejection. Rejection comes in many forms, but they're all rejections of the gospel as it's presented in scripture. And so um, anybody teaching in the church needs to know that. They need to understand the gospel. They need to understand repentance. They need to understand um, that these are the, the only right response is repentance. So, We could continue to talk about the gospel and dig into it for for literally hours and days. Uh, And and we should. We should keep talking about that. But for the the purpose of this podcast, I want us to talk about how the gospel affects how we teach. So teachers teachers in the church must know and be able to present the gospel. But more than that, they need to be able to connect what they are teaching um, to the gospel. So everything that we teach in the church needs to be pointing to the gospel. So if we're teaching from Genesis, it needs to be pointing forward to the gospel. And so we could be talking about creation and talking about how in Christ we're a new creation. We could be talking about the fall and how... Um, Jesus remedies the fall by his death and resurrection. We talk about the covenant of Abraham and how Jesus is the true fulfillment of the promise to bless the whole earth. Like all of Scripture and every topic that we come to in Scripture points to the gospel. Um, And so this is um, what it means to be a teacher in the church. Um, It means that you are somebody who points people from um, wherever you are in Scripture to the gospel. And so, um, it's so important that that as we teach, as we as we work in the church, as we seek to bring people to Christ and bring and, and raise people up and, and grow them in the knowledge and understanding of who Christ is, um, that we don't give in to the temptation to water down the gospel. And that temptation is a is a massive temptation. Um, it is so big in the church today. Um, there are lots of people who, who think that we should never preach on sin. We should never preach on repentance because those things are offensive to people. Uh, and I've got news for you. The gospel is meant to be offensive. It's meant to call people to change, to be different. It's meant to call people and tell them, um, you are a sinner. Um, and so we, we got to start there. We, we can't be worried about being offended. And so this kind of brings us to the most important thing we're going to talk about today, is that when we present the gospel faithfully, we have to trust in the power of God, um, the power of Christ in the gospel, that... um, it's not our words. It's not our winsomeness. It's not our level of knowledge that 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 brings people to Christ. It is the message of the gospel that brings people to repentance. That's what Paul tells us in Romans chapter one. He says, "I am unashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God in um, salvation." And so, um, what happens when we water down the gospels? We say that God isn't really powerful. We say that God. Um, isn't really able to save. We say that the gospel isn't enough, and that we need to um, change it to make it more palatable for, for people. And, and and that that's to reject the gospel um, as it's presented in Scripture. And so, um, if we if we train people to 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 be more winsome and and to water down the gospel, to take out elements, to to kind of dumb down or not emphasize so much the parts that might offend people, then what we're doing is we're not saving those people. We're actually condemning those people. We're saying that God can't save them and the gospel isn't powerful enough for them. Um, so we need to understand that it's Christ that saves. Um, our job is, is not, as teachers, our job is not to save people. Our job is to be faithful to Christ. Our job is to, um, to teach what he has written, to teach Christ and him crucified, That's what Paul says. I, I, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus and him crucified. That needs to be the mentality of anyone teaching in the church, that the gospel is the power to save, not my words. The gospel, the message that I'm preaching, the message that I'm teaching in the gospel is what saves people not how I present it, not um, my any kind of gimmicks that I have. Th- those things don't save people. The church doesn't save people. Coming to church every week doesn't save people. It's Christ that saves people. It's Christ that saves people through the gospel. And so we need, we need to understand that. We need to understand that, like, that faith and repentance are, are the gift of God um, so, that, so that we don't have a reason to boast. Um, this, these are foundational things for anybody teaching in the church because uh, otherwise what's going to happen is you're going to have somebody who gets up there to teach and they're going to be gung-ho um, and they're going to they're going to share the gospel um, and they're going to do a couple things. One, they might water it down because they're afraid it's going to tur- turn people away and that, that they're going to be rejected. Um, and so they end up worrying more about what people think than what, what God thinks. Um, on the other hand, what will happen is is they'll get up there to teach and they'll they'll present the gospel faithfully, um, you know, calling out people's sin, calling to people to repentance. And what's going to happen inevitably is that some people are not going to respond positively. As a matter of fact, most people are not going to respond positively. And what will happen then is if if your faith is in your own presentation, if you're... um, your confidence is in your knowledge and in the way that you present it that you know if i do it just right people are going to be saved what's going to happen when those people reject you is is you're going to feel like a failure and so we need to understand from the outside that Christ is the one who saves that when people are rejecting the gospel they're not rejecting us they're rejecting Christ um, and if and even if they are rejecting us, th- that's fine. That's what we're told is going to happen. Christ tells us if if we're His disciples, we should be expected to be treated like our master was. Um, our master was called all kinds of names. He's called Beelzebub. Like if that's what they what Jesus talks about in Matthew, if they call the master of the house Beelzebub, how how much more are they going to malign His disciples? And so, um, as, as we think about. As we think about teaching in the church and we think about raising up new teachers, we need to focus on the gospel. We need to focus on the power of the gospel. We need to focus on the saving nature of Christ in the gospel, that it's Christ that saves, that it's the gospel that saves. It's not us that saves. So this can be a great comfort to the teacher that, that we can faithfully teach the gospel and, and know that we're being faithful to Christ, know that our reward is in heaven for being faithful to Christ, being faithful to present his gospel, even if, even if no one responds. Um, not that I think that that's going to be what happens. I, I don't think that if we're faithful to present the gospel that, that no one is ever going to respond um, because the Bible tells us that the word of God does not return void. Um, but it accomplishes exactly what what God intends it to do. And so as we preach it, we have this confidence in the Lord that he's going to accomplish all that he intends through his gospel. So we need to remember that not everyone is going to respond positively, that we need to trust in Christ um, only. We need to trust in his gospel. Um, and we need to teach and train other people to do the same thing. So as we disciple new teachers in the church, as we're um, encouraging People in church, we're looking for people um, who might be elders in the future, or who, who might be deacons in the future. We need to, we need to be thorough about our understanding of the gospel. We need to give opportunities to these, these people that we're raising up, these men that we're raising up. We need to give them opportunities to share the gospel. Um, and so, as you think about how you're going to train. Teachers in the church, like I've talked about before, what we've kind of started in our church here is a monthly meeting um, to sit down. We're got, we're, we're reading uh, a book a month a, as a group and coming together and talking about that, uh, talking about that book um, and how it relates to the gospel, how it relates to how we do church, how it relates to um, what's going on in the world around us. Um, this is that kind of meeting is a great opportunity to kind of go around the room and challenge each person. Hey. Um present the gospel. What what is the gospel? Um, who is in control of salvation? Who do we look to for um for comfort when we present the gospel? Do we look for the response from somebody else or are we looking to Christ? Um, so that's what I that's what I have for you today. I I want to encourage y'all to be faithful to the gospel. Don't don't water down the gospel, be faithful to the gospel, present the gospel. As Scripture presents it, present um, present the gospel um, in relation to sin, in relation to hell and damnation. Present the gospel in the power of Christ, relying on Him to be the one that saves people. Um, I wanted to recommend some additional resources for um, what it looks like to present the gospel, to live in light of the gospel, and and some implications from the gospel. Raymond Ortland has has a wonderful book that's part of uh, the Nine Marks Building Healthy Churches called The Gospel, How the Church Portrays the bo- the Beauty of Christ. It's it's a wonderful book. It's it's a pretty short read. Um, I think most people could probably read it in two to three hours. It, it's not very long. It's also a wonderful book for um, for giving to people that you're that you're wanting to 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 raise up as as a teacher in the church. And and it's a great book to kind of sit down and discuss as a group. um, What is the gospel? What does it look like to live um, a life changed by the gospel? Some other resources are Good News by John MacArthur. It's also a fantastic book, as well as Saved From What by R.C. Sproul. So I, I hope you have enjoyed this podcast. I hope that this has been an encouragement for you. I hope you find um, greater confidence in the gospel, and I hope you take the time to think about what it looks like when you present the gospel. Are you presenting the gospel faithfully? Are you presenting the life, death, and resurrection of Christ? Are you presenting um, the sin that we need to be saved from? Are you presenting um, that Christ will come again um, to judge the living and the dead? I I I pray that 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 you are faithful in that. I pray that the Lord strengthens you in your presentation as you seek to raise up teachers um, and as you seek to build the church. Thank you for joining us today on the Training Expositors podcast. My name again is Daniel Kurtz. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us on our website at trainingexpositors.com. We have a forum on there. We have a blog on there that you can interact with. You can sign up for our newsletter. I hope that you'll give us some feedback, and I hope you'll come back and join us again. Y'all have a wonderful day.